Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Swedenborg and Life Live. We're so glad to have you here today. We're going to be talking about what married love is, and we are yes. lucky to have... Oh, I'm Curtis Charles. I can't announce you yet. Hi, Host Curtis. Swedenborg and Life. We're lucky to have Chelsea Odner with us today. Hi, Dr. Jonathan Rose is fine. He's just on vacation. Yes. Uh, we'll be back next week. But in the meantime, really great to be hanging out with you. It great is great. Great to be hanging out with all of you as well. Even if you happen to be hanging out at a very late hour, if you're like watching from Ireland, thank you for doing so. Um, we are going to give you the best pot show we possibly can and we're yep. going to do it the only way we know how which is through segments and those segments are as follows mm. it's it's you know the drill pretty much by now icebreaker we get a question that you know gets us chatty yes. we have our swedenborg keywords where we delve into the topic of the show we go on a road trip through the afterlife we have our chat q a we have our guests do we don't oh, actually <laughs> so I know, I, we don't have one <laughs> we don't have one this week okay viewer count at zero but 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 there's a great reason. We're going yes. to have an extended road trip. I mean, this is actually going to be a real road trip in the spiritual world. And you're going to learn not, some... Not to mention the keyword itself is a pretty hefty topic. Man. Of... And you would think not. You think it's just marriage, love. Everybody like, knows what that marriage, is, right? like, yes. you can You can pass a test where you got to f do a little essay on what it is to be married. But no, man, with Swedenborg, there's always a, a lot more than meets the eye. So we're mm -hmm. going to get into that. We're going to get your responses to the ice melter. And then we'll go from there. So what you all at home are thinking, well, they don't usually do the show together. This is going to be awkward. There's not going to be a dynamic. It's pretty awkward. And you would be right <laughs> if it weren't for this first section, which is the icebreaker. So today we want to delve into the experience in the icebreaker of what it's like to try to be a Swedenborgian as you interact with a regular person <laughs> who is not a Swedenborgian. And what we're going to do is we're going to be answering a question, but yes. we want all of you to answer the question. At the same time in the chat, we'll be grabbing your responses together, broadcasting them on the screen at the end of the show. The question is this one. Oh, so I always think it's the lower third, yes. but it's, it's a full screen, full screen icebreaker question. What's an experience you've had trying to tell people about Swedenborg? <laughs> and I, as I think you were pointing out before, like, I love trying, <laughs> trying. to tell people, like, well, you, you know, um, 18th century yeah. uh, scientist. And, but really interesting. Go yeah, ahead. no, 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 but, but it's really rational spirit. Don't walk away yet. <laughs> Mars spirits on Mars. Okay. Um, so what, what, what's it been like? I want to hear from, from all of you. Yes. What's it like to, to try to tell somebody about this thing that you like? And, uh, and I'm not there in the chat grabbing your responses like I usually am every week, but somebody else is. So put your yeah, responses in the chat and we'll yeah, get them at the end of the show. Hopefully somebody's taken yes. up that mantle. <laughs> We're going to find out. So still still be in there, still still shoot them. So do you have uh, an experience, Chelsea, that you want to oh, share with us about uh, trying to make this happen? Trying to tell people about Swedenborg. I, um, well, one that comes to mind is uh, I had the pleasure of having, or I've had over the last year, the pleasure of doing these um, interfaith and religious conversations that is under the umbrella of what's called the Common Heart Project. Check it out on thecommonheartproject.org if you want to. Um, and uh, one of them I remember particularly was with a Jewish woman and um, we were talking about, I guess maybe she asked me about what was my understanding of the Trinity. And um, she had only had you know, sort of a more mainstream idea in her head about it of it being three persons. Yep. And so you've got the father, you've got the son, and there's this whole ransom thing going on where it's like this weird sacrifice and yes. um, stuff. And I was saying, well, no, I, you know, as, as a Swedenborgian, like I just believe that the Lord came down into the world and Jesus is the human manifestation of God. Um, and, uh, and that's, 
that's that. And yeah. she was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I was like, yes. Told you <laughs> well, I think weird. so anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that was, it was a successful time. Yes. Attempting I, to tell somebody about Swedenborg. It I, made sense to them. So that's a win. I yeah. feel like that, because that's what you always tell yourself <laughs> as a Swedenborgian. Like, yeah, this stuff really makes sense. But yes. to hear somebody actual say it. Yes, it was it, very yeah, rewarding. Validated. It was affirming. Yeah. So I have like, I feel like I want to talk about you know, both ends of the spectrum that I had when I was in college. And I just felt like, oh, I'm starting to... I wasn't like I am now where I'm like publicly a Swedenborgian. Like I was just sort of testing the waters <laughs> yeah, back then. Yeah. And I wasn't thinking I was going to go blab about it as much as I did. But there's two... One time I remember there was a friend of mine who was deeply into philosophy, you know, and mm -hmm. he was, uh, I think, in school for it. And so I was like, oh, well, if he likes philosophy, he's going to like Divine Love and Wisdom. This is Swedenborg's book that's like the most philosophically mm -hmm, written. And, mm -hmm. and, and Swedenborg is magic. So as soon as anybody touches him he's gonna be hooked because he's got yeah. the mind for it so i gave it to him and like later i was like did you read it and he's like yeah i didn't agree with all of it but so yeah. just like basically nonplussed about another, it and i was like another book on the shelf a sweet voice <laughs> but but then I, I so i used to have like a radio show you know colleges will have these like really low power fm stations yeah. and, and we had 88.3 nice. and so i had a radio show every saturday and there's a a buddy of mine had a show after that and so I invited, I, I was doing all these different sort of life topics, but one time I was like, I'm going to do Swedenborg. Nice. Gonna, my show's going to be about Swedenborg. And I invited him as the guest and he had not heard of Swedenborg at all, but uh, he was going to be the guest and I was explaining Swedenborg and I was like, trying to explain it in a way that everyone would like it and understand. And at the end he was like, well, yeah, this is cool. I got to check out Emanuel Swedenborg some more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, wasn't full, but, but the fact is he didn't think it was dumb. He didn't turn yes. away. And he did like actually, and he, he later gave me some spiritual stuff that he was into. So I felt like yeah man that landed all right nice so, so that's great kind of, so is that and so not so bad but has it been that bad for you what's it like trying to communicate about swedenborg to people we'll be getting mm -hmm. to your your answers to the question at the end of the show so now we've cleared that up we've got the rapport yes. you said the keyword is hefty so let's get to the hefty let's get keyword. To it. married love coming right up we do these keywords for everyone's benefit. It's a public service. Uh, we get a lot of blowback for the, no, just kidding. The keywords are fine. And the, the keywords, you may think that this one though in particular is unnecessary. We're doing what married love is. We, are, we already did a show about love. We did, So yes. you just take whatever we learned about love, stick it into marriage, that's fine. Right. But, uh, and, and or even if you're not gonna say that, you would at least say like, okay, I get what, what romance is and what it's supposed to be and everything like that. But yep, the movies teach us everything we need to know. Everything. And, but, <laughs> but we're about to be a movie teaching you more about what you need to know about this. And the, the, as is the case with Swedenborg, it starts somewhere that feels familiar, but it goes places you never would have dreamed. Um, and the, the key word is married love. That's a translation. There are many other translations, um, yes. but it, that it all centers Lots. around. Yeah. Sometimes you'll see him talking about the same thing as truly conjugal love, true married love, conjugal love, marriage love, but it all centers around a single Latin term or, 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 or with, with a yeah. couple qualifiers. <clears throat> what is that term and what's it all about? Yeah, I'll put my uh, Dr. Jonathan Rose hat on here <laughs> and lay down some Latin knowledge. Um, so the term that's being translated into married love, marriage love, all those con mm -hmm. truly conjugal love is this Latin word, conjugialis. And, um, can I just say that we, we had somebody once in our chat, like we were talking about conjugal love yes. and they were like, no, it's, it's, it's conjugal. Con yes, You're putting conjugal. the emphasis on the wrong word, but it's not that word. Right. And so a lot of people, you know, many translations will just take such that 
form and just make it English and call it conjugal. So it is the word conjugal, but with an I there, conjugal. But um, what's interesting is that uh, there's two Latin words in, in, in um, well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess in Swedenborg, but in, in Latin um, books and even in ancient Latin poetry like Ovid mm. and stuff. Um, and that is conjugalis and conjugalis. And okay. so conjugalis actually means of or related to a spouse. And in either of the words, you have okay. the yung, yungo, which means to join or yoke. And then con is um, together. And so you have to join together. And so okay. when you want to talk about a spouse, you'd say conjugalis. But conjugalis is of or relating to marriage. So yes. it's a marriagey thing okay. spe- specifically. Um, and one other little like interesting fact is that um, the people would often opt for the conjugalis in poetry because it just is more metrically pleasing than conjugalis. It's harder to work with. And yes. so would this be like how people say like, or the silent waters yeah, right. instead of it, over the silent right. waters? Right. This gives you just enough more syllables. The conjugalis mm. is sort of short and yes. but conjugalis has more flow to it anyway and it just rolls off the tongue it just rolls off the tongue and <laughs> okay so, so yeah so that it means marriagey so just and if and if you really wanted it's actually a term that swedenborg uses to describe marriage or the bonding of two things whether it's in a heavenly sense or even in more of a hellish sense but if he wants to really set apart this like marriage love that we're going to really dig into here it's true marriage love or what he would say truly conjugal love mm-hmm. um so we'd put that truly adjective on there or, okay yeah. well good well appreciate the background and and it's Did so my best we know that that was, <laughs> that was better than anything i've ever yes. heard so we've got so we've got this thing right that, yes that, that's swedenborg goes Married to the trouble love. of marriage love yeah that you'll see rendered in many ways and it, but it's got it's all centered around something but what exactly is that something we're going to hear from swedenborg this is secrets of heaven 27 28 He says, marriage love traces its origin to the marriage of divine goodness and truth, and therefore to the Lord himself. So that's the real special thing about this marriage love. It has this divine origin to it. That's sort of the first thing to really get. Mm -hmm. And look at where he's starting. You think he'd say, marriage love is when two people decide. Right, they find something special. Are we on the wrong page? So this is part of why we need to have this show. Mm -hmm. The fact that this is the source of marriage love is not apparent to the senses or the intellect. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can't really look at (laughs) it. don't blame you for not. (laughs) But can be seen from the way that love inflows, from its correspondence, and also from the word. And those three things are things he only learned, correspondence, inflow word right really deep uh long-lasting spiritual experience so he's saying i get it that you wouldn't have guessed this or intuited this but mm-hmm. i'm telling you this is how it is and kind of the more you think about it and the more you contemplate it the deeper you can go into really understanding what this marriage love is all about yeah man we're gonna get deep here okay inflow this so this is that he said there's these three categories inflow correspondence in the word mm-hmm. from inflow heaven is compared to marriage and is called a marriage like you know the the, the lamb's bride mm-hmm. because of the bond between goodness and truth which flows in from the lord and we did a show about goodness and truth, 
how everything in the universe goes back to those. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this is saying that the connectedness of that comes right out of the Lord. Mm -hmm. He goes on in the next little section. Then this is the correspondence. When goodness united to truth flows into a lower realm, it presents itself as a union of minds. And that's something interesting that I think we're going to dig in more a little later too, is just that um, the marriage that we see around us like you go to a wedding and you see two people get married, yes. that's a correspondence of this heavenly marriage yes. that happens in the Lord between goodness and truth. Yes, and it even goes down one more step <clears throat> here. When it flows into a still lower realm, it presents itself as marriage. So, right. the, so, <laughs> so two different, yeah, two different levels there. Well, really. Yeah. But but it's but it's it's so interesting that we're talking about marriage love, but he's, he, there's these different parts to it. Yeah, and that you and that you he distinct gives a distinction between union of minds and marriage and marriage right that that he talks about the ideal of marriage is that these minds unite but it's it's almost like the thing we look at in this level is even sort of an echo yes. of that yeah so the union of minds that develops out of the union between goodness and truth provided by the Lord is marriage love itself. So that, I mean, to me, I feel like I understand that in parts, but overall it's like, of course you got to have a show about this because it's not yeah. as simple as the, you know, the, um, the, the Twitter patient yeah, right. is, is marriage love. If you guys are <laughs> familiar with the, the American movie Bambi, yes. um, that there's, there's more to it. And, and he goes on, this is from his book, Conjugal Love, uh, or, or it's translated married love sometimes or everything in yeah. between 65. Truly conjugal love, so this there will be what, is, yeah. Yeah, what you were mentioning before, is nothing but a union of love and wisdom. Two married partners who have this, this love between them and in them at the same time are a reflection and image of it. So that kind of gets how, like, that level that two people, you can say, oh, those two people are married, you know, so they are a reflection of marriage yes. and this marriage love, and yet what is really going on there in those levels um, is really what's what's going on in their minds. You know, are they married in their minds? Are they married together in their spirit yeah. is something you don't, that in that quote, it's really talking about how um, it's when those two married partners have this love between them and in them at the same time. Yes. Then they're this reflection and image of, of true married love. And in them individually. Like right. You have like a, you have a marriage inside yourself. And then if the two people that have the marriage inside themselves also have this same love somehow between the two of them, uh, then we've got the whole. And that connects to our show that we did called um, Regeneration, how radical love is born, because that, that process of regeneration is really about how you are um, letting the Lord to lead you in your life to bind love and wisdom together and that's that regenerative process that we go on that's like the whole point of life is to get mm -hmm. those two together swedenborg's always going on and on about how love and wisdom are together in the lord and like almost the sum of divine providence is just trying to get those things yep. back together we did a little song about that on yes, this channel yes. called everything well, is about getting back together yes. <laughs> and we have so many great videos to reference here okay let's so so <clears throat> Let's continue to, because we, I feel like we just started learning about this, but yeah, there's definitely. many questions that I have. And I know that, that to, to try to get it out of words and into examples and correspondences, you had this adventure where you were hanging out with a pendulum. That's but, but right. How do we get there from, from where we just were? Yeah, so we're going to see this video, and it is of a pendulum wave. And it's really just something to um, demonstrate how uh, the like that quote Conjugal Love 65 just said about it's 
it's this marriage of love and wisdom, but we can have it in us at one time or not at another. And there's this whole providence that the Lord um, is leading us all towards to marry that love and wisdom together. Um, and so if you look at these um, little golf balls that are going to get swinging. Nice. Um, there's this cool idea that Swedenborg talks about how every change of state that we go through is taken care of by the Lord and is guiding us towards heaven if we'll let it, you know? I, and, I love that. That was like when, when we asked, what was your, one of your favorite ideas? That's one of my favorite ideas. Right. And so you can picture these golf balls as a different part of yourself, or perhaps half of them are you and half of them are your partner if you're in a relationship. Yep. It's speeding up now, but you'll see that there's these patterns that come together where sometimes the balls are in alignment with each other and in phase with each other and other times they're not and it looks a little more chaotic yes and um but this is that process of building a marriage whether it's in yourself um and those times when you really feel like you're uh, married in yourself in terms yeah. of your living in that love and wisdom and other times it feels a little more um chaotic and like things are falling apart but yeah. really that's this gradual leading towards something even greater because it looked a minute ago it looked like it's a mess like everything right. is all over the Going place in different directions but this whole yeah but this whole process is this long loop back into order that this thing is slow you can tell now it's becoming closer and closer to to everything's synced up yep and eventually these balls will get almost to the point where they're entirely in sync again with each other and that's an image of that end that the Lord is leading us all to, which is to have that, the peace, you know, of, yeah. that comes with, um, having love and wisdom be, uh, bonded together inside of us and our spirit. And we're um, slowing it down here just to show how close it's gotten. It takes a little while, even longer to get yes. all the way back. And, and you can find other videos of pendulum waves that can show you an even more clean alignment in the end, but this was an awesome one that we had. Yeah, oh, courtesy of Bernathan College. Thank, Thank you, you. Bernathan um, College. We, yes. uh, we'll get you back sometime. <laughs> yes. So, so <laughs> I just—it's a beautiful way to look at to to look at the the process. As you said, this is a process we go through individually, where it can feel like in your own life. Wow, everything's going great. I know that sometimes I feel like this Swedenborg stuff works and it works like crazy. I mm -hmm. look at me, I'm like, nah, not worried about something I would worry about. I'm having a good feeling about this person. Life makes sense. And other times I feel like I'm like behind where I, even where I would have been if I'd never heard of Swedenborg. Like I'm nowhere right now. Yes, you know? and even and even in you know in relationships, in a marriage or a partnership, and we'll be talking about this too. It's like you can feel like are things. Um, you know, going together or not this, you know, an idea of true married love can build up this picture of like, you either have it or you don't, <laughs> you know, you're, right. you're one of the lucky ones or you're right. not. But this is, you know, gives such more of a merciful idea of just, you're, you're going with it, you know, if yeah. you're looking towards the Lord and, you know, follow, letting your states, you know, shift and change, you know, that the Lord's leading you and your partner in, in the gradual, you know, spiritual development that's going to lead you to heaven. So yeah, and and it, I think this is this is a point we'll hopefully be getting to later. But Swedenborg explicitly says in his book, "Married Love," don't don't judge somebody else's state of marriage. Yes, like cause right. you don't know. <laughs> you can look and say, like, say you're looking at a couple and like that, they're no good, you know. But you don't know. Just like you could look at those balls and you seems like no, nope, these are never going to get together. But then. It comes through through this providence right. in the same way. We don't know what we fully what's what, how's providence, what path is providence taking this whole thing on? Yeah, and the, and Swedenborg writes in I think Married Love that um, the Lord's providence takes 
special care for leading people in marriage. Yeah. Um, that there's this, so you can, you know, no matter what it looks like on the surface, that whole like cathedral building materials, there's that story I know you've told on this show before and stuff, yes. but like it can look like a mess on the outside. Yes. But you can trust that the Lord, you know, is leading you. And yes, the, there's the, progress that can be made. The short version of that story for all of you is mm-hmm. if you if you drove by a building construction site and you didn't know what building a house was, you'd be like, "Wow, this is a wreck. There's just wood on the ground. There's stones on the ground." Um, but actually, this is exactly how you get to a house. And similarly, in our lives and in marriage, and yes, divine providence is trying to pull marriages together because, as we're about to see there's a really important process going in here. And so we're going to step back and look at this love process wherever it exists and how do things join together. This is True Christianity 99. No union or partnership between two exists unless each party moves closer to the other. Mm-hmm. Every partnership in the entirety of heaven, in all the world, and throughout the human form. <laughs> so we're not just talk, like whenever he starts to talk about married love, or often he's he's not he, he's talking about it between two married partners, but then he can't help talking about everything because that's of, one part of it. Yeah, that's one yeah. version of it. And so really, that union he's talking about is the marriage of love and wisdom wherever it's showing up. Right, and then we're going to get into some interesting specifics about how that shows up. Um, throughout the human form is the result of two parties moving into a closer relationship with each other until both parties intend the same things. Mm. And I love that. That's not just fluff. Like he's giving you a very concrete definition. Not until they're all the way in love, but there's like a, no, we're, we have a unity of purpose. Mm-hmm. This leads to a similarity, harmony, unanimity, and agreement in every detail between the parties. And he goes on, this is how this, and so here's the different, the different kinds of relationships we're talking about. This is how our soul and our body form a partnership with each other. This is how our spirit forms a partnership with the sensory and more motor organs of our body. So interesting. Yeah. Cause he's he's always (laughs) talking about how the, how the soul and and body interact and the, the senses play a role. He's saying even that is like a marriage. Yeah. This is how our heart and our lungs form a partnership. And that's just physical to physical. I mean, there's nothing mystical yes. about that. He's saying, go study the biology and the structure. Which is of this so stuff. helpful to know that like, you know, it might, what do I mean? My spirit in yeah. my body. I mean, sure. Okay. You can tell it's me, you know, yeah. using this physical body to talk right now or something, but we can go study the human body and yes. see how they're united in their, in their purpose of, you know, keeping things alive. So anyway, that's just so awesome. That, and that's the correspondence is this killer study tool that, mm-hmm. that you want to learn about something abstract like marriage love. Look at a pendulum wave, look at the heart and lungs. Yes. This is telling you something about it. This is how all our parts and organs form partnerships, both within themselves and with each other. So it's the, the whole universe is like a fractal. There's like, there's marriage love mm-hmm. in God, and then there's marriage love in this union of minds, and there's between two partners, but then there's even like in the heart and lungs, and even in, within the heart itself, there's a marriage. So this is something that's stamped into yeah. everything of creation. So he goes on, this is, okay, and then here's how we get to what we're, we'd be thinking of. Yeah. This is how the minds of people who deeply love each other form a partnership. It is an integral part of all love and friendship. Love wants to love, and it wants to be loved. There's a song my my little daughter lo- likes that goes everybody everybody wants to love yes. everybody everybody <laughs> wants to be loved perfect <laughs> so whatever Ingrid Michaelson knew it uh, so but I like here that he goes on to further differentiate the different kinds of love people can experience and what what um, d- makes them distinct and complementary you know, yeah. to each other because um, there's mu- he talks about mutual love 
but also marriage love. Um, and marriage love would be more like how he often describes it is more in the context of a soulmate. And this is right. one person, but mutual love is something that can occur between you and anybody. Right. Almost like the, yes, right. Just love of the neighbor yeah. is sort of a, yeah. And he uses this interesting analogy yeah. of uh, parent and child to further describe it. So this is Secrets of Heaven 2738. Married love is the desire. And I, lo I love this. Yes. I know I've been saying Take that a lot. Take it slow. It's great. <laughs> especially this first sentence. Married love is the desire to be part of another person's life as one with that person. But mutual love is wishing better to others than to ourselves. And I, because I feel like there's a tendency to prioritize and only validate romantic love. Mm -hmm. um, that, that in a movie, the only real motivation somebody could have is romantic love. But here he's showing like, yeah, that's an amazing love to want to share your life with someone. But mutual love is also a full love. That this, yes. Think right. about the idea of, I want that you to be happier. Than, there's like a whole giving of your entire self to that person, but in such a different way. I just mm -hmm. love the way that that lays out. And he goes on to say, the latter is the kind of love, meaning the mutual love, wishing better for others than ourselves, is the kind of love parents show toward their children. It is also the kind of love people show when they seek to do good, not for their own sake, but simply because it gives them joy. And then we'll go on to the next part. This angelic type of love stems from marriage love yeah. and is born to it as a baby is born to its parents, which is also why parents have this love for their children. The Lord preserves it in parents even when they lack a love for marriage in order to keep the human race from dying out. Yeah, I think I've heard it also phrased that like, you know, like he's saying, mutual love is um, loving others, you know, more than yourself. And um, and then marriage love is wanting to be one with another yeah. person, you yeah. know, and that that's what's cool is that the marriage love is actually the love that the Lord has for us. That's right. Like that's, that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. oneness that the Lord wants with us individually. And then yeah. we get to experience that with another person too yeah so so we must be relatively cool if, if god <laughs> yeah. is like you're the one for me yeah. um and then but also there's some there's some tricky stuff in that like that quote says that mutual love is born is born from married love mm -hmm. however that doesn't mean only if you're married and have married love with another person can you have mutual love. So he's either right, talking about, right. but it sounds like he's talking about married. This is why it's confusing because it yep. sounds like he's talking in that quote about married love as the love between two people rather than the love inside your right. mind we're talking about. But so when he says that it's born from that, um, it's either like he's suddenly switched back to talking about it as the love, the marriage, sorry, between goodness and truth, mm -hmm. or... And I was trying to sort this out in my mind yeah. before we were reading it. Um, or he's just, or it's like, because we talked about the spiritual world and the physical world and how they're linked. And it could be that marriage love in heaven is what allows us to have mutual love in the world. I, did you ever think of yeah, what it might be? It helps me. I think about it in terms of that marriage love as in what I was saying of like the Lord loving us. When we, when we reciprocate that love with the Lord and yeah. are creating that marriage in us, that's what enables us to love other people. Yeah. You know, so that's that child of that marriage yeah. that we have with the Lord. And so that is sort of the bigger, you know, um, maha marriage love thing of like yeah. marriage of love and wisdom. Um, and then I think, you know, this physical world is such a messy <laughs> like um, reflection of these spiritual truths anyway yeah. that of course the Lord knows how to work with 
you know, whatever we give him in terms of like, uh, you know, a, any a marriage relationship, like how, how the Lord leads us to foster mutual love and married love in whatever our relationships are like. Yeah. I just think the Lord knows how to take care of that. Like yeah. you're saying, it's not, I don't think there needs to be concern of like, what if I'm not with the right person or I had a kid with somebody yeah. else or something like the Lord is saying that, that or in that quote that the Lord preserves it in people, no matter what the sort yes. of situation. I think it's impo important as we're talking about this to make sure everybody understands that while Swedenborg places a great spiritual emphasis on marriage love, if you're not externally married to somebody, that doesn't mean there's a cap on your spiritual yeah. development. Please remember Swedenborg, from whom yes. we're trying to pull all this wisdom, was not married, was never married mm -hmm. in the course of his life. It really, there, he does guarantee that everybody who's into it gets a soulmate after death. Right. That every, it's not a game that here that's kind of like if people, you want one. Yeah, everyone. Who, yeah, everyone <laughs> yeah, who's into you don't, it. You don't yeah. have to. <laughs> but here it sort of feels like oh, it's Valentine's Day again. Yeah. Like, this right. is, you know, heaven is just one yeah, constant just like, Valentine's like, Day, like oh, Groundhog Day only. It's Valentine's yes, Day. That's right. Day. Like we all have these great marriages. Oh, yeah, I know you'll find someone someday. You know, it's not. So it's not like that. This is a game that everybody who wants to participate gets to participate in. But also, yeah, that everybody's life here is is according to providence for what's best. So it does. It's no spiritual knock on you if you're not participating in. You don't have marriage, or you don't feel like your marriage is good, or whatever. I think that's important to communicate. I mean, if easily... we get anything across about this keyword, I hope it's that this married love that Swedenborg is talking about is something that is fully accessible to us wherever we are in any moment, you know, yes. whatever the circumstances are, we can open ourselves up to that marriage, which is the Lord, which is present everywhere. Yeah. Whatever, you know, whatever the physical circumstances. Yeah. He's, he's saying that, um, we, you, you can't even enter into conjugal love with somebody unless you have it in yourself first. So this yeah. is that, and that's the thing. So that, that's the, the foundation, no matter what your, your uh, relationship status is. So all of that said, um, I think it's time for us to take what we've learned. We see this is a hefty keyword. We're mm -hmm. already like a few minutes <laughs> over time. I was forgetting to look at the time, but so we've okay. got our longer spiritual road trip here because we're going to dig into a whole journey. Swedenborg had talking to angels about marriage love and, and why it's worth doing a show about. So this is now part three. Okay. So we don't just go on the road. The road trips are expensive. They, they take gas. So we don't just do them unless there's something we can learn on them. Yep, and again, right. we have Swedenborg talking to an angel, but it's not just for fun. It's for education. So we're going to be reading here from Swedenborg's Love and Marriage, or that, that, that's a tr another translation of Conjugal Love, 80 to 81, and there's going to be four, four segments uh, that we do here. Mm -hmm. So in the context is this, that Swedenborg was being led on a journey through the spiritual world, learning about marriage in the different ages of humanity. We did a show, uh, it was called, this was a long time ago, it was called The Spiritual History of the Human Race. Do we have one of those for it? Yeah, yeah that was like, the third of the the sweet sort of new, life. yeah like, green screen yeah i don't know I if there was even a green screen no right? it might have just click the link and find out yeah. or i guess <laughs> you have to, in the description but he, we're moving through these different ages of humanity so he started in and this is swedenborg kind of 
learning about marriage in each one of those ages. He started in the golden age where there was just this heavenly uh, marriage love that was as good as you could hope for. Then as it went down, silver, bronze, iron, iron mixed with clay got worse and worse. Iron mixed with clay, Swedenborg says, was the era he was living in. Right. So this was the whatever, the 1750s. And it was not in good shape. And he it was he was saying that married love, the knowledge of it was completely lost, and people didn't see any difference between marriage, sex in marriage, sex outside of marriage, because that nobody thought there was any spiritual value Component to marriage. Component at all, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like um, so. If I cheat with somebody, what does it matter? Yep. You know. And so, and that was that was getting to him uh, a little bit. Yeah, and I think. Um that's where it leads right into this uh, quote that um, that we'll get reading to, which is just about, you know, Swedenborg had to be taught by this angel that there was this connection between general evil in the world yeah. and and the fact that the, uh, you know, true married love ha- was less common. Yeah, and so we're going to start, we get to start hearing an angel talk. So the, this, this, is, this is a quote right from an angel. For a human... Married love and religion walk together in step. Again, He's learning. Yep. <laughs> an interesting, like this is again a very interesting place to start with married love, because um, you you don't necessarily think, oh, like religious knowledge isn't it more like something more like um, you know how much yeah. how good your hair is, you know, every footstep and every stride made in religion and into religion is also a footstep and stride for the married love and toward the married love. Smart angel. Yeah. So then, and that's all we're hearing from that smart angel right now. So this For is Swedenborg yes. then describing his uh, experience. Afterwards, it pained my spirit that the marriages that were so very holy in the ancient ages had been so recklessly turned into adulteries. The angel said, it is the same with religion today. Oh yeah, here, we're back to the angel already. The angel's like, what? Let me, sorry. <laughs> One more thing. For the Lord said that in the consummation of the age will be the abomination of desolation predicted by Daniel. And in the, this is a quote from the Bible. There will be great affliction like nothing that has been from the beginning of the world. The end is now because no truth is left unfalsified. And turning truth into lies is spiritual fornication, which interacts We've got a lot to unpack here, mm-hmm. which interacts with worldly fornication because they are related. Where do we yes. start? Uh, first of all, what what's fornication? Right. right. This is kind of a quaint word these yes. days, like <laughs> fornication. So what what's what's what are they talking about here? Yeah, I think it's good to make clear that the you know the evil that he's saying that connection with religion and that there was no spiritual component to marriage. Yeah. So no, if there's no spiritual component to, um. Well, not not him. And he's saying it's spiritual fornication when truths are turned into lies. But what that yes. that is, um, there's nothing heavenly in that. The level of what that's really talking about is using something like fornication for just purely selfish, you know, self satisfying means. Yes. Not connected to any sense of mutual love or anything like that. Of yeah. you know, caring about the other person or whatever. So sort of, you know, Swedenborg's hierarchy of loves of love to the Lord, love to the neighbor, love of the world and love of self and love of the world is really this sort of material, you know, um, aims or whatever that those things are what those lower loves are what are most active in this, in what he's, I think he's describing as worldly fornication. Yeah. And you can, so you can read his whole book, married love where he goes into all this distinction, but it seems like, because he will say like, oh yeah, the trying to 
constrain your relations to a committed relationship is the best thing. But then he'll give all these caveats about, well, in this case, if it's looking eventually toward it, it's not. So so it's not as black and white as sort of like Puritan yep. um, ideals of nothing is allowed except in the... So there, there's more on that. But this what's really interesting is, yeah, I, I like your definition of... So fornication's got some kind of antisocial bent to it um but he's saying but the even more interesting than that is this whole spiritual fornicate turning truth into lies is spiritual fornication so you could say okay that's a metaphor you know or something but then he's saying which interacts with worldly fornication so somehow the degenerated state of sex in swedenborg's day that the people were were not using it as something to be loving toward each other they were not using it as something to help society um that was somehow creating conditions that were in either reinforcing or creating this falsification in the spiritual world mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. which is just like another couple of wrinkles there right because yeah like as you know if you're turning away from the lord from love then you're just getting more and more obsessed with self self-serving things yeah. pride and not not thinking about the concerns of others and so then whatever you turn your attention to it's going to be with that you know attitude so even if it's sex or whatever it's going to be a not not the kind of thing that is very heavenly (laughs) and this was all really bumming swedenborg out yes hearing about this he goes on as we talked and grieved about these things and the angel is like pretty bummed out too it sounds like the light suddenly shone brighter narrowing my eyes so i looked up and saw the whole sky above us seemed to glow and the word glorification resounded from east to west i'm thinking it's a verbal you know not rather than a text the angel said to me (laughs) probably a really nice font though (laughs) it's like high res yeah the glorificate that glorification is a celebration of the lord for his advent angels of heaven from the east and west are doing it from the southern and northern heavens, we heard nothing but a gentle murmur. And that's just a little yeah. Swedenborg geography for you. And that yeah. each of those directions mean something. And take a little second to just give a shot at those heavens. Like, come on, man, join in. Yes. The angel understood <laughs> all this. So first he said to me that glorifications and celebrations of the Lord come from the word. And he said, now they are particularly glorifying and celebrating the Lord through these words that Daniel the prophet said, you saw the iron mixed with clay. They will mingle themselves through human seed, but will not hold together. But in those days, the God of the heavens will make a kingdom arise that will not perish through the ages. That kingdom will break and consume everything, though it though it will stand for ages itself. So it's getting heavy, but it's talking. So we, you know, a lot of that seems mystical, but you know, iron mixed with clay. Swedenborg is saying that's the current state, or not the current state, but the state in 1750 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. regard of the human psyche regarding what's the p- point of sex. Or and relationships and marriage. So Swedenborg continues to watch and listen. After this, I heard something like singing, and deeper in the east, I saw a flash of light brighter than the first. It's like it's it's so bright it'll blow out your camera. <laughs> yeah. um, and I asked the angel what that one glorified, because he knows by now that's glorifying something. Right. He said, "The Lord, in these words from Daniel, I saw." In a night vision and in the clouds of heaven, it was as if the Son of Man was coming. And dominion and the kingdom is given to him, and all people and races will worship him. His dominion is the dominion of ages, which will not go away, and his kingdom will not perish. Hmm. So we've got a lot of like intense-sounding biblical stuff. We've got a lot of light going on. In the end, Swedenborg feels like 
this is good because it says he, he was revived and he, he suddenly had hope where before he was not. And right. That it's, it was possible that things could get turned around. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. that, that it's, you know, they're talking about marriage and marriage is not doing well. But then you have this whole thing about something it seems different. You know, he's just talking about, no, the Lord is going to come back. Yeah. So, but somehow that's answering the question and Swedenborg kind of uh, answered explores that a little more here. He says, my heart leapt for hearing and realizing these things, and I went home full of joy. And there I came out of my spiritual state back into my bodily state. And just as a sidebar, he's like, I went home and then came out of my spiritual state. I'm so interested when he says that in his, you know, his spiritual his home? home. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's for another show. In which I wrote down these things that I saw and heard. Hmm. And yeah, so he's, he's hitting the quill. Now I'll add this to them. That after, and this is, I guess, what he inferred from all that, that after his advent, the Lord will revive the love in marriage as it was among the ancient people. And here he's meaning his second coming. The Lord's second coming, Mm -hmm. yeah. Because that love comes only from the Lord and is for those who become spiritual through the word due to him. So somehow it's coming back. Yes. And I think that it's, it's worth noting because you could easily be watching this show and be like, Great, they're bringing bringing marriage back. You know, like, haven't we <laughs> okay. just like had this whole societal cycle about breaking down some of the harmful stuff that was written to the yeah. marriage? You know, that it was a tool of oppression and it was about estates and it was you know that, that haven't we been doing a ton of examining and shake? I want to remind people, it's not like he will bring back marriage like it was in the 1700s. Right. You know, he's saying the ancient people. This is something that Swedenborg would sa- said that in his day there wasn't any like people didn't even know what it was yeah and, and in his, his vision of um i'm thinking of the nunc leakit temple or this yeah. temple that he saw that had this inscription on it that says now it is permitted to enter with understanding into the mysteries of faith that was this vision of what the second coming is where it's this greater spiritual light is able to come down into people's minds in this world and um since that time which he says occurred in the mid 1700s we you know, (laughs) that, uh, that permission, you know, I think there's this, um, new level of freedom and, and new knowledge and understanding of equality. And you see this, you know, total revolution happening in our society about what marriage is, how, what, what kind of sexual abuse is not, you know, I mean, yeah. just that sexual abuse is getting called out for what it is and sexual Wasn't, harassment, yeah. you know, like learning how to really respect and honor people and, um, you know, not stand for this kind of abuse that was just sort of brushed under the rug or not even, didn't even, you know, uh, was ignorant to even see, to spiritually understand how harmful that kind of thing is. Yeah. And so I think that goes right in line with the kind of respect for children that we have nowadays too. Right. And, you know, all this kind of stuff, I think is that, that, um, revival that Swedenborg's talking about here. Yeah. Uh, so the, the message hopefully is whatever's coming is better than any reference point that we have. Like, like, it's not like, oh, we're going yes. back to something recent, you know, no, this is like, sure. It's a revival, but it's something that, that nobody knows what it is. Like this was something in the first like per, ideal state of humanity, whatever it is, is going to be, it's good. And yes, the, the, the best of the things you see happening now are probably the, the first glimmerings. Yeah. And I, just, I think it's, 
it must also be that we're sort of figuring it out as a hum as a human race together too. And yeah. so it's just like there's some, you know, I don't know, growing pains to the whole thing. That's right. And we're we're in it, but I think it's happening. And we we appreciate you uh, getting in it here yes. with us. And and we're gonna know in just like forty seconds what y'all thought about it because yes. we're gonna go now to our live Q and A chat. So yeah, the chat, the the chat Q and A is just what you might think it is. You're you're in YouTube right now if you're watching this live. What do you think about all this crazy stuff we're talking about? Um, do you have anything you want to say or that you would like to ask and hear? Or if you just think it's funny us struggling to try to understand this, <laughs> like the, let's see him try this one. We're happy to do that because we want better for you than we want for ourselves. Yes, that's the true the true mutual love. What so what's on your mind? We're gonna take a, a couple questions here. The first one is as follows. John May. Hey, John May. How you, how you doing? Hi, John. Uh, can, he asks, can marriage love occur instantly on earth, as in love at first sight? Mm, interesting. <clears throat> okay. So the thing that comes to mind for me is I don't have any data on that. Swedenborg does say that it can happen in heaven. Right. He tells this story where he yes. says, I don't, you know, in on earth, I don't know how it happens. This is how it happens in Here's heaven. Here's how marriage is. Yeah, right. And mm -hmm. it's very much this love at first sight yeah. kind of thing where he says that that what it is is two people are just going along and like in a romantic comedy, like Divine Providence kind of leading them together. Right. Preparing them and they don't even know it. Exactly. They're, they're, they don't even realize their paths are going to converge. And then when they meet, it says, as if by chance, it's totally romantic comedy, um, or just romance, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, like they meet as if by chance and rec immediately see each other's, not just like you have really good shoes, but it's just like... <laughs> They see each other's deeper qualities, yeah. and, and, and the way he describes it is one of them says, uh, uh, he is mine, she is mine, right. and they just know. There is this more, yeah, that recognition, which yeah. I think is, you know, we have this idea of love at first sight, and that's, I wonder, I wonder if that's sort of an intuition of what yeah. it can be in, in heaven. Yes, you know? yeah, right, and, and he also says that in this world, you can have something that you think is love but it's based on external things like like oh i love how rich you are at first sight you know so it's yes. it's i my guess is it's it probably does happen but yeah. just because you think it happened doesn't mean it happened you know and that right. kind of thing uh and i know that some people can think i think about um you know that that there's a the famous people will I, sarah mclaughlin wrote a song about somebody who thought that they were in love, but oh. a fan, you know, but she was like, you know, yeah. and, and so, and this is something that happens. People think, oh, there's some signals right. I'm meant to be. So that's not always. Yes. So I would say as with anything, there's some caution involved. Yeah. And what reigns in heaven, Swedenborg says is innocence, which is this, which he defines as, you know, not, we could do a show on innocence. <laughs> we certainly, we're never going to be out of a job. <laughs> um, but it's this willingness to be led by the Lord. And so that is. You know, if you get the idea, oh, this one, this person is the one for me. Yeah. There's this process of humility where you can be turning it over to the Lord and letting the Lord lead you in your life. And if yeah. it, and then if it works out, great. If it doesn't, that's fine too. Um, you know, you can trust the Lord in that process. The one other thing that came to mind in this question is um, what Swedenborg says about, it's not quite love at first sight, but it is... Um, mar an experience of married love right out of the gate. He says, he talks about that... Um, 
initial love that a couple can feel after they're first married or something yeah. that that reflects true married love. Yes. And they're given that as this sort of gift, although it's it's sort of superficial in their relationship. And so then it looks as if it goes away for a time. And yet really it's like when it comes back, it's going to be that much more genuine. Yeah. Um, and so that's an interesting, you know, we get, we get, we can, we can really genuinely experience it and yet it can deepen forever. Yes. Well, it makes me think of what he says about innocence as well, that when little kids have innocence, it's, it's a form of innocence, but it's in some ways it's superficial too, because they're innocent because they don't know any better. Mm -hmm. But he talks about the innocence of old age. This is when you kind of, when you do know what's up, but you still are choosing to have the Lord lead you, that that's the full. And I see that as a parallel to this. Mm -hmm. You can have this initial attraction. You get married. It's great. You're on your honeymoon. And then, but later, once you've actually taken the time to have the union of minds, you can get this, this real that's thing. That's so, different. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Great question, John May. And, and that was fun to answer. Let's look at the next one. This is from Jen Blossom, and she asks, I asked myself to marry me. After careful study and reflection, I said, yes, I'm perfectly happy being alone. Does that mean I don't have balance? I have lots of friends and family. I'm a widow. Um, so I hope what, we, what we're communicating here is that when you're happy and trying to do what's right, you're in the right place. Mm -hmm. So this is not like we've had similar questions about this when we talked about the community in heaven. You know, and that, that people uh, really get close and they love each other. And we have people saying, well, actually, I like to spend alone time. Does that mean I'm bad? No. Yeah. I think that at, at nobody's heaven is the same and nobody's earth life is the same. So I would say, yeah, you could be just really getting deep into the marriage of love and wisdom. Yeah. And something that, you know, it, you can reflect marriage to other people, whether you're married or not. Because if you're just, you know, being this, uh, you know... Um, person that's looking to the Lord or just has your, you know, living your life and um, is content with that, then when you, uh, when you interact with people, you are reflecting marriage to them because yeah. it really is that marriage of love and wisdom from the Lord. And, and I also think that, you know, you can be um, respecting marriage, you know, yeah. even if you're not in a outward marriage yourself. So yeah. there's like, you are participating in it. Right. You know, just by being a useful human being, you know? That's right. That's right. And, and you mentioned there, you say that you're a widow. And, and Swedenborg certainly talks about if there's two people that have loved each other and one of them dies, that they're, they're even their spirits can still be dwelling together. Mm -hmm. So there, there's, you know, there's certainly not an imperative to like, if you, I've been married, but now I'm not, I need to get married again to sort of be back in it. You, you, according to Swedenborg, you could still be married. Mm -hmm. Not that you have, not that all. It has to be, right. Yeah. So it's a, and everything, you know, nothing is rigid, but it could be that you're still, like I, I, I Donette Allfelt, who's my grandma, has been on the show before and her, her husband died when she was relatively young and she considers herself still working on her marriage with him yeah, yeah. in spirit. Yep. That's great. So thanks, nice. Jen, very much. And thanks for being willing to, to share that. Uh, the take home is you're doing a great job. Yes. Okay. So let's <laughs> let's take a look at one last question here before we've got to move on. This is Just My Opinion who asks, my wife passed on Christmas Day mm -hmm. last year. When it's my time, will she meet me or will I have to ask for her? Oh, man. Aww. Well, so that's so so sorry to hear that. Even though a year is not that long when no, you're dealing with it's that. It's one kind full of cycle of seasons. Yeah. And, and, and right on around Christmas time. So we appreciate you being willing to, to share it. Um, oh, I don't know if that also means just 
this Christmas or one year ago Christmas. Mm, okay. Well, so it either, might be even more yeah. recent than that. So but. either way, um, the question is when you go to the other side, certainly you will meet yes. her. I mean, Swedenborg is very clear that friends, family, everyone, but especially married partners. Meet again. Meet again after yeah. death. Mm-hmm. Um, and Swedenborg doesn't really give you a ton of specifics about the particular people you wake up with. Yeah. He says he gives you the categories of angels and that kind of thing. I can tell you it's going to feel like the exact right time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he, he talks about how like angels, the highest heavenly angels come to us immediately or who first we wake up to in the, yeah. in the spiritual world and they are just pure love for us. And then it... You know, I don't even know if you're fully conscious at that point. You know, Swedenborg describes then his eyes opened later, and it was sort of this more spiritual level experience. Um, and and so it's going to feel exactly right. You know, yeah. e- even if, you know, in time, at yeah. whatever point, it's the right time for her to meet you, that it'll happen. Yeah, yeah and I feel like I love um, reading near-death experiences because mm-hmm. I feel like they, they kind of people kind of fill in things that Swedenborg doesn't give detail about. And it seems to me like these close relationships with people we know are so important to, um, are immediately people you know are right there. I Mm -hmm. remember somebody, I think somebody told me this, um, you know, who's going to, who's going to meet you uh, on the other side? Shoot. I'm not sure if I'm going to remember this as I'm saying it. Um, but, uh, you know, I, there's a per- uh, I don't remember it, but I'm going to say what I remember of it. Okay. There's a person that I know wh- who's in Hawaii, and I know that when I get there, they're going to be at the airport. Okay, I'll I'll get back to you next Good. week. Well, something that I... It? Okay, I'll put it together while you're when, saying Yeah, this. when you... So uh, near-death experiences that are... Or even... I don't even mean near-death experiences, but when people... When loved ones pass on, the family that's around that person often hears that person, even when they're not yet all the way crossed over, acknowledge really close loved ones that seem to come to them, you know, whether it's a parent or a spouse, um, that there's there's ex- anecdotal, at least, experiences from people that, um, you know, when they are caring for a loved one who's near the end of life, they recognize, oh, I think so-and-so is right there with them because they're talking about her or they're having half a conversation, you know, yeah. sort of a thing. And, um and I recently heard a story, I can't remember where exactly it was, where um, a person was saying they knew that when so-and-so was really passing on, they knew it was, ha- like, they weren't in the same part of the house, but they knew it was happening because they felt the presence of their already deceased. I think it was that their mother was passing, mm-hmm. and once this guy was in the other side of the house, he felt his um, father's presence. And yeah. then he knew, oh, she must really be going now. So there was gonna... this sort of like he came for her yeah, sort of a thing. That's so, right. so, so we, the, I hope what we've communicated is we don't know. I'm, I'm gonna, <laughs> gi- I'm giving up on uh, <laughs> that, on that. the Hawaii thing. It was so, like in my mind, Hawaii I was like, really nice, mm, this is gonna be so clever because it was so clever when I heard it, but now I don't remember it. And but it was also poignant, and it was anyway. The point is, uh, yes, I mean, I think the best thing that that we that we said was when you said it'll happen at the right time. Mm-hmm. And that this stuff like this is not trivial, you know, yeah. to our hearts, and it's not trivial to the way the afterlife works because love is what is what drives people together there. So, mm-hmm. I would imagine that yeah, if if she's not right there at the beginning, it's even better where she is going to meet you. Like yeah, and like you were saying that that the 
you know, a great line from Swedenborg that I know we quote a lot is that thought brings presence, but love creates union. Yeah. So what you're talking about with your grandma, like that, um, you know, her spirit is right there with you, even if yeah. you're not conscious of it right now, you that's know, right. so there's, there's a connection that's still there. And th so thanks so much for, for being willing to to share that with us, uh, just my opinion and, and everybody who, who wrote in, and we're going to hear a little bit more from you, the audience Yay. now, because we're getting to our reaction to the first question. Do you remember that all the way back then? It feels like a lifetime ago. Let's see how we all were back then. This is segment five. <laughs> Okay, so the question was. Oh well, let's yeah. The Swedenborg experience, the, the Swedenborg evangelization experience. What's an experience you've had trying to tell people about Swedenborg? And this is what you all had to say. Um, and I, I want to um, just say there's no right or wrong answer here. Yes. Uh, you know, if if it was if it was tough, if it was easy, um, I, I do know that that. I had some very interesting experiences with it recently, and we were trying to hire somebody at this Weedenburg right, Foundation. Go, that's a, I, right. <laughs> I found that very difficult to explain to them what Swedenborg was, whereas it's easier for me or for other people. And I do want to say before we get into these last, these last, these slides here, the elephant in the room is the experience of telling all of you online about Swedenborg, and that that yeah. it is that has been the most surprising thing that ever happened to me was these last yes. couple of years on here on YouTube off the left eye totally. and, and everything Swedenborg Foundation that we would be able to do this like just get into the weeds of the what's the conjugal love and and yeah. that people are here with us and people are reacting and thinking and and from the comments we get on this stuff people are really loving Swedenborg's philosophy that has been a more amazing experience than I could ever articulate so let's yeah. see how you all articulated it here's the answers you had so the carolyn says i think i'm in a cult they don't believe anything because it's all too wonderful <laughs> yeah i the, the word cult has haunted swedenborg for quite <sighs> yes, some time despite that he, he never even founded a church and he didn't have leaders he wasn't right or, i mean followers he wasn't charismatic and the, so but yeah there's so it's it interesting yeah because it's all too wonderful yeah. Is an interesting yep. point. They don't get it. It was much easier to talk about off the left eye. Oh, okay. thank yeah. goodness. Yeah, we're serving right. a purpose. Yeah, so we're, we're a good little ease you in. They yes. think I'm crazy. Yeah. Oh, I man. try to talk about Swedenborg, but everyone just doesn't care or won't listen. My parents just say he's crazy and I shouldn't trust him. It's really sad. So oh. a rough start. Let's see how we do on slide two. What experience haven't I had telling people about Swedenborg? The more you share, the less eyes glaze over. I emulate Kurt. Yeah. Good humor goes a long way. Okay, <laughs> so good, Carl. Good. So That's persistence and, and and humor. Stuff that's and, as funny yeah. as my joke about Hawaii. Um, a, <laughs> a constant gaze of incredulity cast in my direction. Yep. Uh, it's hard. I usually just send them the short clip. Who was Emanuel Swedenborg? And oh, that, nice. I'm glad somebody said that because yes. part of the function of I think off the left eye in general is to create enough awareness or tools for awareness that you guys don't have to have this conversation yes. the same oh way. Because if, if you, saving you the pain, it's it's just like uh. like anything else. Like if you say like. I'm a Mormon or something. You don't have to explain from the ground up what that yeah. is. And so you're, you're already fighting a hard battle. So I'm glad that we're given at least some tools out yep. there. Yes. Well, my pastor said he was worried about me when I told him about Swedenborg. So <laughs> at least there's some concern there. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then my friend said, yeah, that name does sound from North Europe. Then the weather is really great today. <laughs> 
Yeah, how about that sports team? Okay, cool. So a little <laughs> deflection. If they are a born again Christian, then I am in a cult. If they are agnostic, they may they might ask, why bother? Oh, nice, right? Yeah, good, and we, good, we yeah clarification there. You know, mm-hmm. and that's sort of the response we get on YouTube. Yeah, most people like, won't... where where who is this? You know, what yeah. category does it fit into? I did not know that this question was going to be so painful. <laughs> no, it's so awesome. Most people won't listen, but my sister and niece like it. Nice. Hey, and that's cool because I've heard from a lot of people who are like, oh, this is changing my life but like the people around me don't get it so it's good you got at least got some yeah. people to talk it over with keith says i found it easier to tell others about off the left eye whenever someone has a question about god life or someone who has passed right nice. they, you've got to have something that's pushing you to seek for something yeah and then finally i remember telling my catholic friend in ninth and tenth grade he was Ooh. very cool about it and supportive cool hey there you go and uh then I tell them of his background, his profession, and his NDE, and most people are intrigued. Nice, right, right. Then follow up with links to your YouTube channel. Can I just jump in and say that that, that's another example that I had, which, you know, people are thinking for, and for somebody who, you know, when I want to. Yep, mm -hmm. yep, and to to share her first. So as a big milestone with the parent, oh. choose to start it with how to feel the presence of angels. She loved it. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, that's and great. Overall, and there you lumps trying to talk for Oaks with the world's mindset than I would have thought. Before. Yeah, and it's less like I think what happens for me too is people just get on their their alarms go off for are you proselytizing to me? You know, or are you trying? Yes. Where do I sign on the line? Are you yes. going to like hand me a pamphlet that shows me burning in hell or something like yes. that? And like. Color. Yeah. Once you get past that, it's like, you know, it's always about freedom and somebody just, if they're interested or not. So yeah. I just love kind of that the tone of so many of these, everybody's responses was yeah. like, you know, well, it went this way or that way. And it's like, oh, well, yeah. you know, that's fine. Or they yep. loved it. Great. And it's not like, it's not oh, like, man, better go after them, you know, right. or something because they didn't, weren't interested or something. It's just, you know, yeah. to each his own. Yeah. I will say, the more people you convert, if you convert six people, we will give you a bonus content. No, <laughs> just kidding. Speaking of proselytizing, please like and subscribe. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching the show today. Amazing to hear from you, and, and thanks for letting us wade through this topic. And uh, if you want to help make this kind of stuff possible so you can further damage your relationships, please consider joining us on Patreon. This is where we just give you a little thank you. If you give us a dollar an episode, we give you a behind-the-scenes kind of bonus in the back content next week we're not going to let up at all we're going to start right. we're going from from this to talking about temptation mm-hmm. and again you're thinking that show is going to be about one thing it ends up about being something completely different and yes. something that i i find really useful Very useful, yeah. So we'll be back same time, same channel. Chelsea, so thanks so much for hanging yeah, out. Yeah, thanks really for having fun. me, Curtis. This was lots of fun. Totally. Thank you, everybody in the chat room. It wouldn't have happened without you, or it would have been awkward without you. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Swedenborgan Life is Amy Aquarola, Morgan Beard, Curtis Childs, Karen Childs, Matthew Childs, Alexa Cole, John Connolly, Cara Dom, Chris Dunn, Stuart Farmer, Ben Keys. Reed McArdle, Chelsea Odner, Jonathan Rose, Shiloh Silverman, and Shada Sullivan.